Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. gentlemen gents and girls today is new episode of bat force radio we are live uh joined by the bat crap over in new york <laughs> leave it <laughs> bat fan forever out in uh upland Damn. Oh, shit. Throwing it back. He's doing the lenticular <laughs> covers tonight. <laughs> Damn, he's, he's, doing, he's, doing the, uh, he's doing the golden age right now. <laughs> What's up? And, uh, Robin D. Cross up in Canada. Oh, my. I'm yours truly, Legends of Lego Batman, out here in sunny California. Doesn't Jeff Johns have a picture of your stuff in his office? He does, and uh, I recently asked him, uh, reminded him about it in the... He told me that he still had it. He said, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I still have that. Uh, so tonight we're going to go over this week's books, um, upcoming big bat books. We're going to go over Batman Dark Prince Charming, which is part one of two. Oh. Written and drawn by, is it uh, Marini? Yeah, Enrico Marini. Enrico, Enrico Marini. Marini. We got a new issue of Detective, written by James Tynan, who's been killing it lately. We are going over the uh, metal tie-ins. We got Batman Lost, which is sort of a collaborative writing with uh, Snyder Tynan and uh, Joshua Williamson. Um, and we are going over Al Jordan and the Green Lanterns tie-in, as well as the uh, Justice League tie-in. Baby's out of hell. Baby's out of hell. Start on the, uh, the Dark Prince Charming there, yeah? With the Dark Prince Charming, which came out technically that when this gets released, I think it would be uh, last week. And uh, the thing about it is I actually saw online, I don't know if you guys did, but a lot of people... Um, completely missed this book uh, because it's not a traditional single issue that's coming out in graphic novel hardcover form. So um, obviously it's not going to be with the new books out at your shop. They'll probably have it like under new graphic novels where people might not look if you're picking up single issues. But uh, I saw a bunch of people that either were aware that it was coming out and missed it or they weren't aware that it was out at all. But this is definitely a book that I think we can all agree you should definitely check out. Regardless of what you're reading, um, how deep you are into comic reading, this is a great just story that you can just jump into. And uh, so I, but, I don't I don't know if it's no knowledge. Is this story more of an Ellsworld or is it canon at all? No, I think it's it's its own. I think they're allowing um, the artist slash writer to have his say. And the way the forward or the afterward uh, mentions it from Jim Lee, it's allowing him to like in the way he mentions it in his intro. It's like um, he made a connection with DC Comics. Um, he's an incredible artist. And the way he does his his work is it's mainly watercolor on paper. And uh, he's he's pretty well known, I think, like in the European comic market um, with indie books and stuff. And uh, he just is giving basically it's like 
here is the sandbox of Batman DC universe. Play however you want. So it's his chance to write the Batman story that he wants. So I don't think it's canon necessarily. It's just like uh, it's kind of like a, a one shot story of however this however this guy envisions his Batman and his uh, Gotham City. He's being allowed to kind of play in his way. And this is a uh, this is a cross publication between uh, DC and uh, Dargaud. Uh, I think that might be why it's uh, out in two hardcovers because uh, Urban Comics uh, um, made made this book, and they do all those really cool uh, French editions with all the cool covers that we don't get. Oh, man, yeah, the ones that are hard to get. Well, hopefully Nash Cat is plucking some of those up in her Euro trip right now. But um, yeah, so issue one came out last week, and um, my my concern not my concern but one thing that i was kind of like um thinking about worrying about is uh batman white knight is amazing by uh sean murphy right now and when uh, i started when we started seeing the art come in and the kind of concept of the story a little bit it was almost kind of like ooh, like maybe it's too similar to white knight like i hope i enjoy it and i'm not like uh comparing it basically but I think that this story, especially this first issue, the art is stands alone. If you want to just flip through the book just to see the art, that's this is worth it alone. Just check it out. And the story has a really interesting little plot point that um, we haven't really seen before with Batman. So those two things alone, I mean, it's its own thing. It's standing on its own. So it's really, really cool and um, definitely worth checking out. But uh, what do you guys think? First issue. It's excellent. I thought I thought it was uh, better than expected. I, I I didn't read too much about this book um, going into it. I think I had seen a couple of screenshots that Jim Lee had posted um, about the artwork a couple months back, but I didn't really recall what it was going to be about or um, too much info about it. So I kind of went in blind reading it with no expectations, and I came out already wanting to read issue two. Yeah, it, it's totally, like, great for anybody that's... If you've never read Batman, this is a cool story to, you know, just get your beak wet with a Batman graphic novel comic book because it's you're not missing anything. It's basically just... It's Batman. It's got Catwoman, uh, Joker, Harley, you know. It's got uh, characters you know, whether you read or not. Yeah, and the the bat suit is awesome too. It kind of reminds me of like Arkham Origins a little bit, where it's like kind of big and padded, but uh, armored too at the same time. So that's one thing that he I think mentions in the intro that he was allowed to do is have. Uh, he's like, can I design my own bat suit and can I design my own Batmobile? So those are two things that he asked that were obviously uh, yeses, and you kind of get it. Um, Did anybody kind of get that uh, Nolanverse vibe when you were um, reading through the uh, the robbery scene at the beginning yes, of the book? Definitely, and uh, a, a lot of a lot of his landscapes in particular look. Uh, it feels a lot like the concept art from the Arkham games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinematic, like kind of. Um, he yes. likes the perched on perched on the uh, the building corner of the building or a gargoyle looking out into the city. And, right. and even things like uh, there are shots of the outside of the GCPD where you see there are a couple officers outside and you'll just the angle that he does it from and a silhouette of an officer walking by and just very concept art style. Uh, yeah. He's he's very good at drawing like buildings, landscape, like scenic views. I, I almost kind of got that that Sean Murphy vibe just with the way uh, Murphy is detailed with his like background work. Yeah. Really background of like, yeah, like especially Gotham city. There's an interview that he did. That's on the DC comics, YouTube 
where uh, it's a couple of interviews where it talks about his process and like what he likes. And one thing that he says, he really likes the look and the feel of Gotham and he wanted to make sure to represent that and uh, use his pen first, I think to, to sketch out or to draw. And then he goes over it with watercolor and paint, I think acrylic and the, the way it makes everything look is really, really awesome. Like just really, really cool. And, um, it all it almost has like it's Gotham, but at the same time, it almost feels like like a European Gotham from when you look at it, if that makes any sense. But uh, I did get I did get a little bit of like a Heath Ledger Joker vibe, not too much, but a little bit. But this Joker's pretty brutal, right? Yeah, I like his take on the Joker. He's pretty insane. Uh, he's not afraid to kill anybody. That's for sure. Yeah, and he's like he's Joker's the only one allowed to make jokes. No one else yeah. can see. You know, I, it's interesting to see whenever someone who's not gotten a chance to write or draw these characters like what their interpretation of them is like what he did with like bruce wayne was pretty like gnarly and like where he's going with it too is like there's only two issues right yeah yeah just right. two parts so it's like where is this gonna go in in only one other issue right which i'm already kind of sad about <laughs> pretty sad Again? Yeah, yeah. I, I hope this means that like it's just kind of an introduction for what he might be able to give us later. He's given us already a lot of covers. They had him do a bunch of covers recently. Um, so he's been doing a bunch of uh, I think he did a bunch of metal covers or the tie in issue covers. So his art's out there. But uh, the dude's so good, man. We got to get him on other things. Hopefully, you know, I, I like the way he did uh, Croc too. that scene where he busts into Croc's place and uh, he comes through the window looking like uh, Batfleck smashing through a window oh yeah he basically beats croc to death without like killing him trying to get information yeah but he gives he gives croc the opportunity to to punch him first croc gladly accepts and punches him with all his might and doesn't doesn't really phase batman because he's so like outraged at this point that he's not going to feel any pain because of the adrenaline yeah and uh and he he mentions too uh in his inner monologue while he's fighting that uh, on a regular day, like Croc is hard enough and strong enough that he might have an edge on him on any other day, but he, he's too pissed off today. I'm already, yeah, like I said, two issues. I don't think is enough of this story and of his Batman. So I Unless hope we... the second issue is like double the size, I think it's going to feel a little too short or he's going to have to go really fast on that second issue. I think it might also be too, is just that his, the, the way he does his art is probably really tedious and... Um, intricate i mean that's the thing is like i don't think you can't give enough credit to to his art because it doesn't look easy <laughs> yeah mean, and he he didn't just uh pencil an issue and you know then give it to an anchor and then a colorist he he, he did this whole book all, all pretty much on his own and who knows what kind of deadline they gave him you know but badass story looking forward to the second one what else we got? Legends. Uh, we also have uh, Detective Comics. Good old Detective is, uh, Comics, which has been been getting killed every week by James Tynan. Every other week, I would think. Every other week. Uh, what what is what has James Tynan been doing? Uh, he uh, he puts some fucking mustard and ketchup on the competition, and he eats that fucker whole, man. That's what he does. <laughs> fucking one fucking sitting boy. <laughs> Dude, so basically. He's doing his, like, Tim Drake is one of the most important members of the DC universe, kind of, right? That's what, that's right. what I said. That's what I said. When I talk, when I talk to Tynan at LA Comic-Con just for a few minutes, I was Name drop. Him, just telling him about how, how much I loved his run on Detective and how it's been really good and how 
Tim Drake was, you know, one of my favorite Robins other than, than Grayson. And he was telling me how much Tim Drake means to him and how, you know, it's his whole childhood and how he's been waiting for this moment his whole life to, to have Tim Drake at the, at the forefront. And he, he's really all about Tim Drake. So I can, I can totally see that when I'm reading this, this latest um, story arc in Detective. He's making Clayface awesome, too. I wouldn't have yeah, thought that. Yeah, at, at first I didn't like the Clayface brought over to, like, the good guys. Um, mm. But he's, it's, it's growing on me. I think he's, he works well with the team. It's the role of a lifetime. <laughs> so he, he had to take it. And I like I like how they peppered it into metal also with uh, how they used him in. I think it was issue two. But um, I, I've always kind of dug the character of Clayface. And I really like the way he's been using him and kind of playing with the fact that um, Clayface is forever looking for a way to kind of, you know, he can't ever be a human form and he can't ever be Clayface without destroying one or the other, you know. And um I also really like what he's been doing with with uh, what's his name Batwing. With, oh yeah, uh, yeah. You mean uh, Cyborg 2.0? Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the first time he's sort of felt uh, integral to uh, to the family. Yeah, right. for sure. Like he's basically like a, a tech genius along with Tim, and they're they're playing off each other's techiness, especially in this issue. Like you pretty much see how important he is with uh, the Brother Eye program and how that's going on and how they're basically able to kind of take back control. But, man, I, I hope people aren't sleeping on this book. This is good stuff, man. Like, it's just, um, I sat down when t- I was behind so many weeks, and I sat down, and I just gobbled it up. I gobbled it up. Just like- <laughs> and uh, if, if you're a Tim Drake fan like James Tynan is, not only is Tim Drake the star of the story, two Tim Drakes are the star of the story. Yeah, you got Tim Drake and Tim Bat. Yeah, <laughs> pretty awesome. In the last couple of stories too, it um, was it last issue or the issue before where it gives you a taste of every Robin being Batman, which is really really badass. You know, Team Jason Todd boot. Yeah, there you go. And it, it turns out shows why he didn't really make it, and it kind of alludes to that again at this uh, this issue. Yeah, man, it's it's good stuff. I I, I think like um, if you. I think we said it before, but if, if you're not really a fan of the way the main bat title is going, because it's it's uh, constantly shifting back and forth between, um, you know, if it's in Gotham right now, it's not in Gotham, it's uh, War of Jokes and Riddles, this and that. But this this detective run is always consistently in Gotham City, it seems like. And it's always having the Bat family interact with one another. Batman's there, but he's not like the main character. He's just a part of the supporting cast. So it's really sweet to see that. Tinian is making like this team book work makes you care about cat or catwoman i'm sorry batwoman too does she have her she has her own title too right now yep and it uh it sort of spun out of this uh marguerite bennett writes it and it spun out of uh what uh kate was doing in detective i feel almost like she's kind of the batman of the detective comic right now where a lot a lot of the spotlight is on her especially right now with this issue because the whole concept is for what they haven't they still haven't explained what happened but um, Tim Bats comes back to the <laughs> comes back from the future, and he's trying to essentially kill Batwoman because of something that she did. Explaining this crazy future that happens all because of you know Batwoman's mess up. It's, prior to uh, prior really to, cool him going how to the hand to hand fight in the in the Batcave. That's right, yeah. And it, it's a cool idea that this Tim from the future studied how to beat each one of them in their prime. So and when he, did he shows it for up, multiple to fight years. Them. he says fifteen yeah. years. Yeah. 
we yeah, have 15 he, years, he spent years practicing, figuring out how to beat all of them, and so he shows up and just starts beating on them. That's like the trunkler preparing for 15 years before he makes a comeback on the next episode, <laughs> making sure it's perfect. So. I thought it was pretty interesting how he how he kind of distracted Batman to take him down in that fight. Yes, he was, he was yeah, talking was about cool. how he in the future he's talking to Batman on his deathbed and Batman's pretty much depressed on how he let everybody down because they're they were worse off now than when he originally met them pretty much and so he kind of tried to get that emotional that emotional edge to distract batman so he could take him out and he does obviously i don't think he would have took them all all out so he had to leave but it was pretty cool to see how he was able to outsmart batman and take him out i still can't tell whether i love the fact that detective is so good right now or i or i hate it because it's just making you buy two copies or it's making you buy two batman books right now um and if and, you're, and if if you're like me you're buying the the variant so you're buying four batman books you got you got to pick this book up though because it's so good it's a must have and like it's uh, like we said before it sounds like Tynion's planning to make this like as as long as they're not going to do like another rebirth or anything like that he's got plans for the story to go on for like years the whole the whole time i'm reading this tim bat story arc all i'm thinking is this could be a fucking awesome animated movie where they yeah. just go into like how this all plays out and you know the whole origin of the the Batwoman fuck up and there's there's potential here. Yeah, you never know. They they've made uh, arcs pretty quick that have that have like just recently come out into animated films. So if it's good enough, you know, they can do it. So for sure. Um, which brings us to the uh, what's the next book that we're covering right now? Would that be Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns? Uh, yeah. So it's another metal tie-in. Um, this one being with uh, the Dawnbreaker. Is it just Dawnbreaker as the Dark Knight in this one? Uh, yeah. Th- this basically comes down to being the fight between uh, this world's Green Lantern and uh, yeah, Dawnbreaker. Very cool. And um, Ethan Van Skyver is doing the art in this one, right? Yes, he is. And yeah. uh, th- so this is uh, part three of Bats Out of Hell. Uh, mm. Part one was in Flash. Part two was in Justice League last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, this uh, Bats Out of Hell is uh, billed as basically uh, the Justice League versus the Dark Knights. So even though this one is focused on Hal Jordan and Dawnbreaker, you do see uh, bits of what's going on uh, with everybody else. And it's uh, probably the first time that I can think of where um, it seems like how Jordan is completely unfazed by this dark night. He's like not afraid of him at all. And he's actually bringing the fight to him for the majority of the issue, which yeah. is cool to see. Dawnbreaker is uh, basically like the evil dark knight green lantern batman which just looks badass you know in itself right and i i like how in the dawnbreaker issue when he first gets the ring you know obviously he's young when he first gets it but then when you see him older he still looks like a, a like a big strong batman but when you see him later on like uh, how he is kind of through this issue he looks more like he's warped and uh, he doesn't look well. You know, he, he looks like he's sort of decomposing and he kind of looks all gangly and bony. So like the ring, the dark power that his ring uses, it uh, affects him physically. It's like feeding it off of him. It's, it, he's, he's turning into Gollum with the ring. 
<laughs> Quick side note is that um, I wonder if Robert Robert Venditti's got to be a little bit of a metalhead because um, the issue, the title of the issue is called None More Black, which is a uh, nod to Spinal Tap. So that's awesome. So it's like I, and uh, there's been something like that in uh, every issue of Metal and all the tie-ins where they're obviously somebody, either if it's Scott or Greg or who, um, or even some of the other writers, like, they're they're throwing cool stuff in there that is like legit like some like metal influence stuff like i think um in um the teen titans tie-in uh they were facing off against the riddler and uh, the riddler looks like he's like got king diamond like corpse paint or like black metal corpse paint on his face which looks awesome and he's got the top hat too so it looks just like king diamond so it's like man like this is awesome like they're totally like like throwing little nods of actual like metal stuff in there which is sweet the whole and, uh, in some too. in some of the metal issues they give uh like snyder and capullo and everything they give them like uh pseudonym names yeah like stage so, uh, names metal like like sweet stage names yeah i think this was cool because um the way the way you know hal is kind of playing with the light and he's like using like a strobe effect to shut the light and then turn it back on to kind of use to his advantage and essentially like beat the shit out of dawnbreaker at first uh, is pretty sweet, but um, obviously, just like all the others, they all fall. And one of the things that he mentions about Hal Jordan specifically is like, you're all so arrogant, and that's what kind of makes this easy is that you underestimate like what we really are, and uh, you don't prepare for what's actually going to come. I I was surprised at how much I like this issue because I'm I'm not saying I'm not a big Green Lantern fan, but I think Ethan Van Skyver's art is hard to dislike when he's doing Green Lantern. Yeah, he, he's kind of the Green Lantern artist. So, and then Venditti's been writing uh, Green Lantern for a while, too. Um, so it's just two two dudes that know the character and uh, are getting to have fun with this new Dark Knight, which, like we've been saying, it's like this probably is like a really fun way to take a break from whatever arc they might have been working on or whatever they had in mind and to kind of play with this universe and uh, do their little piece on what's going on with Dark Knight's Metal. And again, man, it's like arcs come and go, like events come and go. And sometimes you, you see an event, you see an arc, and it has tie-in issues, which, you know, sometimes feels like just a ploy to get you to start reading that line. Yeah. Um, but this is not that case. Like, these books have been just awesome. All the tie-ins, everything that relates to Metal, it all has this kind of, like, unifying feeling that it's all under the same umbrella and it really feels like you know scott and greg were probably in a room with all these writers and kind of pitching what they wanted to do and um explaining how they wanted to kind of like let everybody else have their own fun with it while keeping it within the same thread and this is just uh, the green lantern version of that so and uh the the week after this issue uh, after lost comes out it's about to go crazy because lost is followed up by uh, the Batman who laughs. Batman who laughs. Oh Ooh. yeah. Better, better. If you guys have not arranged to get that copy with your comic shop, I would do so ASAP because uh, everyone, regardless of if they're reading metal or not, is going to come into a comic shop to grab that book. All these resellers, all these CGCers. It's people, are, people who I think are just like on social media and seeing that image are like, "What is that? Who is that? Like, do we got to check that out?" You know. <laughs> hey, I got a funny story real quick for you guys about regarding that. Uh, there was there was a show where um, this guy was talking about. He's from New York too, and he was t- talking about how he saw at the comic shop this guy in front of him grabbing all the copies of the of number one of something. Might have been Outcast or something like that. He was just buying them all. I mean, other people couldn't even get a chance to buy the copy of the book that day because this guy was trying to like 
buy all the first issues or the special issue to like CGC or Flip or whatever. <laughs> so true story, this guy knocks the stack of books out of his hand so it falls all over the floor. <laughs> and, he, and he goes... I bet they ain't 9.8s anymore, huh? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. That's justice, man. That that actually reminds me, though. Uh, the metal has been going so crazy, and even, uh, like uh, like Tom was saying, all of the one-shots are so good that they're disappearing. Uh, I forget who took a picture in their comic shop. I think it might have been at Midtown when the Merciless came right, out. Right, that was great. There was yeah. a sign. Yeah, there was a sign that said, limit one per customer. And oh, this wow. is at Midtown where they're doing this. Where they have like 5,000 copies of it. Yeah, where yeah they, they order more than anybody in the world. Like, but, but, the, but the other thing that happens at Midtown is people grab their book and they jump out the window with it. <laughs> no, that, that, that's after they read uh, Marvel Legacy and they just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> they, just, they just threw their head to the window. Well, it's it got, they, it got they, to the point where I had to add these one-shots to my pool list because they were selling out before I could get to the yeah. shop. Yeah. yeah, we we don't you don't even you don't even get well, it, it's sort of leveled off a bit now. They they kind of fixed it as they went along, but I would say the first three, maybe the first four of the one shots, we didn't even get to put a copy on the wall. Right, I saw that happen in my shop too, Robin. Where I was like, hey, I think it was uh, on the drowned issue. I was like, are you guys all out of the drowned? And then uh, he was like, actually, uh, we didn't get to put it on the wall. They all just went straight to. Uh, um, customer boxes who had uh, had it on their pull list because yeah, between the time that you order uh you, you order books two months before they come out and metal has been so hot that the number of people adding it to their file each week is just eliminating any extras that uh, you would have ordered uh, for putting on the floor oh uh, i don't think we covered it last week but uh Justice League 32 was uh part two of bats out of hell we missed it last week so i'm just going to say one quick thing about it if you haven't picked it up, go pick it up right now to see uh, Red Death fighting Flash with a fleet of Red Death hot rod Batmobiles. We didn't cover that? Holy hell. No. <laughs> I love Red Death. It's probably my second favorite. Yeah? Well, do you want to see a Red Death Batmobile? Go read that yeah, issue. You want to see eight? <laughs> <laughs> it's like in The Waterboy when, uh, when, the, when the coach says, My daddy always used to tell me, only thing better than a crawfish dinner is five crawfish dinners. Yeah. Hey, real quick, who's everyone's favorite dark multiverse Batman? Not, uh, not including the man who laughs. I know Where's Legends that? is merciless. Tom, who's your favorite? Let me think. There's um, Devastator, Merciless, Red Death. Trunkler. The- Trunkler. <laughs> <laughs> that murder machine. Oh, murder machine's pretty yeah. sick. Uh, the Drowned. My favorite's The Drowned. I love The Drowned. Yeah? The Drowned, the Drowned is, is pretty sick. Fucking yeah. sick, man. You, you, you like some Bryce Wayne? Yeah, sick idea, Bryce is man. Hot. You know what? I love that they made her a female. You know, Gotta she, respect it, the it, corset. It, instead of making... The merciless of female, you know what I mean? Which would be expecting me like the drown, the Aquaman version of female. I think that was, and she got the little like scope eye patch. And she, what did she do? She dissected or mutated herself with Atlanteans to get their power. Yeah, she, yeah. she, she did surgery and experimental crap. She changed Fucking her DNA. Crazy man, that's crazy. And there's like one part. It looks like she like burned herself. Like she. She's all burned and like covered in like bandages and stuff. And it's it's a female as Batman merged with you know the Atlanteans and now Dark Multiverse Batman. It's, it's I so like yeah, Dark Man. I like the uh, I like the Drown. They're all cool though, but the Drown. I think Merciless uh, is pretty I, sick. 
I think uh, Dawnbreaker is my favorite. I do love Dawnbreaker too. Dawnbreaker is so badass. That's that was a tough. It's between Dawnbreaker and yeah. the Drown. Dawnbreaker is badass. Red, too. I think Red Death to me looks the coolest. Yeah. Like he's got this sick look, especially with those like Red Death Batmobiles. The Merciless I think has like the most like evil story. I think so I can't pick a favorite. I think those probably those two. If I had to get like a if I had to get like a custom fig or if I wanted to get a fig, I would say probably Red Death just because he looks sick. That leads perfectly into Batman Lost, which was a mind fuck, right? <laughs> so yeah, this was crazy. Very much in the vein of because this was wasn't it, this uh, Snyder writing this? Yeah, was it Snyder and Tynion? and Williamson? Yeah. Ooh, okay so they're all channeling their inner grant morrison on this one right um and uh, okay scott tweeted today panel i think it was one of the first pages of it the page where you have uh that older bruce yeah, I think oh, yeah. It's page one where yeah. yeah where older bruce is sitting on that armchair in one of the rooms of uh, of wayne manor uh-huh. and he says uh doug Mankey's art on that page makes him want to be having like a scotch in in wayne <laughs> manor or something yeah and my first thought was yeah until page twenty-three, when that uh, you know that that twisted face that you get on page yeah. twenty-three. This was this was really cool because when they first started teasing little images, the first thing that I think one of the images was is uh, a picture of like um, the bookshelf, and of the little girl looking at the bookshelf who we now know is um, his granddaughter, right? Yeah, so it's his granddaughter, and the sent the kind of beginning of the issue is he's telling his granddaughter. His granddaughter wants him to read her a story. So she goes and she picks out um, a book. And as she's going to pick out the book, you see like all these pictures on his mantle where it's an unmasked Batman, Bruce Wayne, taking a picture with Commissioner Jordan. Um, there's a couple other pictures that, that it's like, whoa, like obviously Batman's been unmasked and named as Bruce Wayne. And uh, he's got like a, a special GCPD badge, you know. Yeah, says um, Batman on it. Yeah, and how about and then, all those stories on the bookshelf? That was sick. Like it basically, like so. Basically, what it alludes to is that like Batman, almost like Ozymand, um like well, who's the uh, the Watchman who who did that? Uh, Ozymandias. Yeah, yeah Ozymandias. Like, yeah. Yeah. So he basically at at one point in his career unmasks himself and reveals himself, but then he just like lives as a celebrity superhero who now is kind of like retired and you know it, it kind of makes money off of his merchandising but this is like a similar concept where bruce wayne has been unmasked as batman and um he's got graphic novels or you know they don't open it but he's got he's got books on his those, those are those are those are absolutes yeah they look yeah. like absolutes right <laughs> and it's, it's so sick because it's like uh long halloween's in there dark victories in there i love how scott snyder put his own quarter owls and yeah. black mirror in there interesting yeah, you can see super and hush and didn't see super heavy in there but um <laughs> but you see it's it's cool to see like that's a, that's a sick concept of basically like batman decides that oh i gotta remember these conquests and these stories of of these epic you know battles and things that i've had so here i'm gonna write them all down and he, he says that he goes i had to start writing them down so i wouldn't forget them so it's basically and it's funny because he even says like a lot of times they contradict each other 
you yeah. know, <laughs> the events that happen and them contradict each other. But you know, it's kind of how but they all happened, is what he says. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, sort of uh, addressing uh, continuity changes and uh, retcons and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's a very cool little thing. And then it just goes crazy. It's basically like a mind melting issue where Batman almost like falling down the rabbit hole, and Batman is lost. Literally, he's in the dark multiverse, right? Well, it starts yeah. off when they go over uh, his first appearance issue, which was kind of cool. Yeah. It was the the case of the Chemical Syndicate, mm-hmm. which was uh, right. That's the title of the very first appearance of Batman. Yeah, and he he doesn't he says, well, how about something where I'm a little bit more like seasoned and something later, you know, like the Long Halloween or something like that. <laughs> no. Yeah, and it's it's basically like what's going through his mind as he's kind of losing his mind in the dark multiverse right and he's having a conversation with uh uh barbados and uh, barbados is explaining like what's going on and what's happening to him and how um you know he's been prepared for this and he didn't even know it and it kind of shows uh, a little bit of uh is it time in the batman or what was what was the grant morrison uh, after final crisis um bruce wayne lost in time or that's is that what it was there was a couple it was a couple stories after after final crisis that uh, morrison had right before um he started up his like uh batman run of black right, there was a return of bruce wayne was one um yeah. I think there was a time in batman was yeah, another one yeah. it's it's the t- it's time in the batman is what it is and so it's kind of like addressing that a little bit like the tribes the different tribes of bat the, the different tribes that included batman as one of them half the time i was like what's going on <laughs> it's like he's having like a, a tr- trip you know Well, when they go back like to the, the dawn of time with those warriors with the bat sh- gold bat shields on their chests and the, the armor i was curious to think who that woman was wearing the skeletal bat necklace with the cloak and the the eye dress and she has like blue yeah hair. did they address her didn't they address her i mean i don't know by name but they, they mentioned i can't remember i believe well it, i mean there's things in there that are just like little easter eggs and nods to what snyder was uh explaining kind of influenced uh metal in general so i, I feel like after all of this is said and done like i hope they really put together a nice little collected edition so that everything's right there and you can kind of flip through that while you have out you know whatever the influencing material you had out there so you can kind of like um put it up to it you know and kind of see like exact cause I, right now i'm going through time in the band right now to see um some of the little add-ins and uh, sprinkles from it disintegration of bruce wayne's mind as he's kind of stuck plugged into it's like the matrix right where like all these souls who have been taken into the dark multiverse are all kind of like on this uh, like battery and they're all getting their juices sucked out and uh, sustaining the dark multiverse essentially. And um, Clark has been sucked in there too, right? At this point. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He's been in there for uh, what a, a few books now. Yeah. So it's like, how the hell are they going to get those guys out of there? Is, is Bruce Wayne the only one that will know because Superman's in there, but um you can get in, but it doesn't look like you can get out. Yeah, I, I liked uh, the aspect of throughout the whole thing. Uh, you see Bruce start to recognize what's going on, you know, that he's, he's he knows he's trapped in the dark multiverse and that he needs to find his way out. But all of the, he keeps getting like pulled into these uh, stories, almost like he's hallucinating, you know, these stories from his past. And it keeps trying to drag him away. And distract him from what from what he knows he needs to do. Right, and he, he keeps getting he, all he, these uh, Easter eggs of old stories. He keeps saying he needs to find a window 
or a ladder to get out. And yeah, I, he has I to like get him. up and he has to right. go out and keep leading him down. Right. And the his granddaughter tells him that he needs to go down um, when he's trying to go up. I thought that was really creepy. And, and that leads to the uh, 23 I was talking about where her face turns. There's one point when he's in the dawn of man and then he has his cowl on with like guns strapped to his utility belt. And Damien comes with a bunch of his, you know, his squad. And he was telling him that he, Father, I begged you to listen and never come back. And then Batman's like, this isn't real, son. Listen to me. We we aren't really. And then Damien's just like, open fire. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. And then there's this ritual. like He goes down from the chemical syndicate story f- from the dome when he breaks through it down to this ancient bat ritual ceremony of the bat where it looks like they're going to sacrifice this girl with thomas jefferson yeah and obviously that's i mean that looks like selena right that they're about the yeah yeah absolutely that was my initial thought the human sacrifice looks exactly like selena i don't think that nash cat's going to be too happy about that one she better tweet dc (laughs) (laughs) then it cuts over to like gotham city and he's with batgirl and the joker and you have this funny looking green arrow and batgirl looks like a Bat young girl. black girl he's like in this warped dream this was trippy this had morrison written all over it one of my favorite parts was when uh they showed alan wayne or bruce wayne with the court of owls <laughs> handheld periscope <laughs> is it Al- it's yes. alan wayne isn't it is it alan wayne yeah yeah yeah, yeah and isn't, that, it, it's like there's a there's a scene in there that's like a direct callback to gates of gotham yeah, there is. Or is yeah. it, yeah, where, yeah, where like he's in the street going crazy and like saying something, right? Yeah, that's what I thought too. The gates of Gotham. Yeah. Then he sees Wonder Woman. Oh, damn. And you see that Wonder Woman boy? Then he's in outer space with Harley Quinn in a spaceship. Then he's back in the house from the first appearance. And then you go back to when he has his granddaughter on his lap. She keeps saying how, oh, no, don't change it, Grandpa. It's too scary that I don't, you know. And, uh, you know, most of this time I'm like, man, if he's that old. Where's Terry McGinnis, man? Come on. <laughs> I want Terry to pop out. You know, when you get old old man Bruce like that, man, I can get my... But, uh, yeah, that was my favorite part was when uh, the supposed granddaughter, like, turns into this demonic being as if... Like, something right out of The Exorcist, right? When she's on, on top of... This, on the ceiling and scaling it, looking down. That's funny. Yeah, first, first her face looks Joker-like when it first starts to twist. Yeah. But then it just passed that. And if this is Batman the Lost, and this is not some dark multiverse version of Batman, this is just Bruce Wayne lost in the multiverse, right? The dark multiverse. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I, I took it as I took it as like this is where his mind is going, uh, right. while he's lost in while he's been sucked into the dark multiverse. And then he sees the ref, his reflection through the window at night, and that's Barbados talking to Bruce Wayne, and then he's saying how he is the Bat. So I'm wondering if you meant I was the bat that went through the window during year one or something like that. So. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, was, that's, that's what I was taking it as. Like, so this they, is, I've been guiding you this whole time. So this whole issue, I'm like, no, Snyder, don't fuck with this. Don't fuck with the first appearance. Don't fuck with year <laughs> one. But I don't think any of it is real. It's just him in the dark multiverse uh, yeah. being terrorized Trippin'. by Barbatos. Yeah. Tripping balls, bro. So Bruce Wayne and, jumps uh, through the window. I, I keep kind of hoping that because he's sort of lost in his own mind here and they're doing uh, all this Grant Morrison stuff, uh, I, I'm hoping that some part of him getting out of this uh, goes back to uh, Batman of Zurinar. Oh Yeah, probably. Because that was how Morrison, uh, you know, Morrison Zurinar was from the Golden Age. You know, he was really campy. He was actually from another universe. But then Grant Morrison turned him into that cool... Uh, 
Bruce had created in his own mind this subconscious version of himself, you know, that uh, in the case that he was mind-controlled, he would revert to this really savage version of himself to get himself out of it. Yeah, it's uh, like the safe word, like the Batman safe word. But I wouldn't even mind if the Dark Multiverse one-shots those, you know, Multiverse Batman were like Cenobites. They come in and out. That's kind of why. That's what they are, dude. That's what I see them as. Like, and you could use them whenever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? Like the the, yeah, the Cenobites are the twisted, like nightmarish version of actual people. Yeah, and that's kind of what the Dark Knights are: is the twisted, nightmarish versions of Batman. And Batman is like I said, Batman's like the layman configuration. Was that what it was? Yeah, the the layman configuration. That's what Batman is because he's like the gateway. Whereas I wish mm-hmm. they should have something more like physical than just like a um, box, a puzzle box, like like a bat shaped something bat shaped. You know, would be kind of cool. Similar to Quarter Owls, where it's yeah. like Quarter Owl was like, what if this was here the whole time and I never saw it? Yeah. So it's it's the biggest fear is Batman questioning that he really didn't know everything when he thought he did about Gotham. Where this is the same kind of thing. It's like, what if everything about Batman's history, even what influenced his birth and his origins, was all like put into place by one thing you know and all influence on purpose and i don't think you know it's just going to be an open-ended question of yes or no so you can kind of have uh, your cake and eat it too and then you know make sure you wash your hands so you get your supper i i know it didn't come out this week but let's just talk about white knight again <laughs> I, I, what i wanted to say about white knight real quick is this it's the perfect balance right now because the metal stuff is fucking out there, cosmic Morrison multiverse, all the, but but it's bat centric, whereas White Knight is quintessential Gotham City, you know. Quintessential. As good as you get, bro. It's like everything you want from a Batman comic book. It's straight up Gotham comic, animated series, no bullshit continuity, no no fucking hipster mullets for freeze, you know, no bullshit, man. It's just uh Yeah. It's everything you want out of a Gotham City comic book. Yeah. It's like the Peabody and Sherman of Batman stories. Would you guys say it's the best bat book out there right now? Yes, I, I would I say said yes. That. I said yeah. it's kind of hard for me to pick one right now. Between yeah. what? As, especially with that only being two issues deep. There's only two issues deep, but that's a strong two issues right there. That's... I mean, detect detective is really good. Metal is really good. It's hard for me to choose which one. I would the say detective detective is probably the best consistent book out there so far. And I didn't even mention the the regular Batman. I, I'd have to rank them. Uh, let me see. Uh, I'd say uh, Metal's number one for me. Uh, Detec- Detective and uh, White Knight are probably tied for second, and then regular Batman's probably Damn, he's going all metal. Wrong. Going Wrong. all metal. Wrong. Hmm. I would say, I'm um, okay, here's here's mine. Here's mine. Unworthy Thor. But uh, Action Comics is number one. <laughs> Star Wars, Poe Dameron. Star Wars droids. And then for the one after that, I'm going to have to probably go with... Ooh, Squirrel Girl. Wrong. Oh, I was gonna say Rocket Raccoon though, dude. Rocket they, Raccoon. They can, have, they can have a tail. They can have a tail fight for that. Fight. Okay, for real. I, I like Metal's great and Metal's awesome, but I feel like I had been knowing about Metal and anticipating Metal for so long that I knew it was gonna be awesome, right? Because we got to talk to Scott so many times, and um, I feel like we'd known not the whole story, but like the general story. White Knight is such a like pleasant surprise that it's like that it's just like wow this is fucking awesome 
You know, oh, man, I, I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too surprised about White Knight. I've been. I've been I think pretty. Happy I said, yo, White Knight's one. gonna be the book of the year, man. Art, so, art, yeah. I, I knew the art was gonna be amazing, but I didn't know I'd enjoy the story just as much. That's true. Yeah, I, I mean? know the story was gonna play out, but uh. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was just gonna be like, like, uh, I mean, I knew we were gonna get spoiled with the art because he's an amazing artist. So I'm like, off the bat, okay, this is gonna look amazing. But then you start reading the story, and it's like, whoa, this is. The first issue, you're like, whoa, where is this going? And then the second issue, you're like, O-M-G-Z. He did it. He did it, dude. He did it. He, he went there. He's bringing Harley back to Gotham, boy. He did, and he, he had Harley kick Suicide Squad Harley in the face. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, when, that, when we did that episode about issue two, I was debating on whether, because I wasn't sure if he was actually saying that there was this fake Harley that was actually there. And then the other one showed up, or if that was just like a metaphor for, you know, what version of her was kind of existing with Joker gone. But, uh, yeah, he has since clarified that, yeah, that that was just a fake Harley. So a physical, an actual person. Yeah. 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 It really makes me remember, this was a few months back, uh, well before we got a taste of White Knight. Uh, Sean tweeted, uh, DC hired me as their secret weapon, and I'm about to be unleashed. Quite a humble guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always said like him and Bermejo were the rock stars of DC, but I think Sean Murphy's going to pe- definitely surpass Bermejo now because Bermejo never had strong writing. He's not a writer, but it seems like Sean Murphy might have s- some writing in him. That, that one part where the whole Mad Hatter mind control device with Clayface, that was clever, man. I really That's crazy. So I'm and like, he's not afraid to put a lot of words on a page, which I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> he uh, he made his wife stand in line to get the second to get Fuck. the second print. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like making Lolo stand in line at Target, boy. No, know? she loves doing that. <laughs> I just wanted she, to say she don't even she she doesn't even do the self checkout because she enjoys waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> And then she and then she works as a greeter for free at the front door. <laughs> she impulse buys from the little stands from the end caps at the at the, the checkout. Oh, they have but, she uh, makes sure she, she she makes sure that you have Cartwheel downloaded to your to your phone, the, mm. the Target app, <laughs> and uh, she asks if you want to save five percent with your Target red card. Today <laughs> I told you I absolute. would come on every Saturday, but uh, today is the uh, uh, original day of Hanukkah, removed twice, and uh, my cousin. <laughs> daughter was getting christened and uh wife said that uh we had to go shopping so plain and simple plain and simple boy (laughs) still when it comes up says uh, i'll be able to make most saturdays i'm just (laughs) over five so far (laughs) be able to make most has missed all I'm working on a streak like my Chicago Cubs did 108 weeks. and uh... I'm going for the Iron Man record of missing most episodes consecutively. <laughs> There's the stack. Hey, Gotham Dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.